Welcome to Automators. I'm David Sparks, and I'm joined by my co-host, Rosemary Orchard. And this is where we talk about how to automate your technology to do your bidding for you. How are you, fellow automator Rosemary Orchard? Oh, I'm excited. Um, there, there's something purple in it in the post. Actually, it's probably still in a factory somewhere, but you know, it's all, it's on its way theoretically. Oh, that's nice. Um, purple man. And in the meantime, I have a purple floaty thing on my computer when I press Command Space. Command Space gets you the purple floaty thing. You're talking about Alfred, which is what we're going to talk yeah. about today. Um, before we we get into Alfred, I just want to share with the listeners a funny story about Rosemary Orchard. So. Before the show, she's got she got a week off. I said, "Well, just take a week off and like don't do a bunch of work." And she says, "Oh yeah, I'm totally taking my time off." And then she sends me a picture of a of new locks she's installing in her house. That's how Rose takes her her week off, gang. Just so you know. <laughs> okay, so David, I I should be clear for our listeners. You told me to take off a week off of worky work. Okay, so I'm I'm still going to be recording podcasts and stuff. I'm actually slightly amping that up because I'm about to start a new job and I want to be able to give myself a little bit of a buffer when I start. Um, but that means I'm not going out and looking for extra like articles to write and videos to record, things like that. But I have a whole list of home automation projects that I want to get done. So of course I installed a new smart lock. Why wouldn't I? Why are you at it? Are you going to replace those old copper pipes in the kitchen? I mean, you might as well do that uh, too. No. No, no. Uh, so uh, kitchens and bathrooms strictly off limits according to UK building regulations. Uh, so I'm living with whatever the previous owners had there uh, because it, it, yeah, it's that or pay somebody qualified to deal with it. And I don't think it's really worth it right now. Well, we've had a lot of email from listeners asking us to do a show about how to automate using Alfred. And then it came up in the Relay Slack recently and we're like, okay, everybody, we're going to do Alfred. Um so Alfred is a Mac-based launcher application. We actually talked about launcher apps on episode 497, I think, of Mac Power Users. I'll put a link in the show notes. And we talked about you know LaunchBar and Alfred and, and several. And um, I came out of that episode, after doing all the research for the episode, a believer in Alfred. So I've been using Alfred now for a couple of years. Um, you know, I used it before, but I've been using it full-time. I think, Rose, you've been using Alfred full-time basically since Alfred came out right weren't you an early adopter for alfred i think i was a fairly early adopter i'm not sure i was the earliest adopter i'm sure i've been using it at least since alfred 2 looking in my one password licenses section i've got licenses for one the power pack for alfred uh for two three and four yeah um and four four is the most recent version um and that's actually something we should should maybe cover because alfred itself is free um and it's a great application um, for free. But if you want to do some of the nerdiest stuff that we're talking about today, you're going to need the power pack for that, which is a, a like a one-time in-app purchase license. Uh, actually, you can get it from the website because Alfred is a Mac application. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it's it's great. Um, it allows you to do way more stuff with Alfred than, you know, you you might have otherwise thought, oh, I'm, I'm not really sure if, you know, I could do this or that. Um, you know, it, it lets you... Uh, do all of the the extras, the really really cool stuff. So we'll dive into exactly what the power pack gives us in a couple of minutes. But uh, Alfred itself, it's like Spotlight on steroids. That's how I would explain it uh, for people who aren't familiar with this sort of application, David. Yeah, sure. I mean, it just does so much more than Spotlight. And uh, the the nice thing is because it's a Mac app and a web based thing, like they do upgrade pricing. I, I think I bought version two, but I've only had to pay upgrade price for three and four. And mm-hmm. it's just a, you know, it's a solid uh, spotlight replacement, but it, it does way more. And if you're interested in automation, this app has so many hooks for you to go deeper down that road. So 
Yeah. Um, we thought it'd be fun today to kind of just kind of go through the, some of the things we do with it and how we automate our day. And, 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 you know, we talk often on the show about very detailed automations, you know, writing keyboard maestro scripts or, or shell scripts or things like that to, to automate your life. But I have this distinct memory a few years ago where I spoke at a local Mac user group and, um, the, uh, I was going to talk about photos or something. I don't even remember what the subject was, but my screen was on my screen was up on the um, projector behind me. And as I was prepping to, to run it, I had Alfred running and I was doing all this crazy stuff with Alfred that, you know, get the right apps, get the right documents, do all these things. And when it was time for me to talk, someone said, before you talk about photos, can you explain what you just did? <laughs> you know, because they were all watching me running Alfred and my computer was dancing around and they had no idea what was going on. So the, the presentation turned into like half Alfred and half photos because, you know, a lot of folks don't realize how much more efficient you can be with one of these launcher apps installed on your computer. Yeah. Yeah. So Alfred is a great way to pretty much do everything that you need to do with your computer via your keyboard. Like you don't need to use your mouse. Um, and also it can involve less keyboard actions than using something like Spotlight. So if I open Spotlight and I search for preview and I have a couple of things that I've used recently with the name preview in them, they might show up before the application. So in order to access that, I would need to use the down arrows and then return um, to get to say the third item. In Alfred, you can just press Command 3 to go to open the third item in your list. Um, and actually, if you look inside of Alfred when you're when you're searching for something, then you'll see over on the right-hand side, Command 2, Command 3, Command 4, all the way through to Command 9. Um, and depending on what theme you're using, that, that might be slightly grayed out. Uh, the theme that I'm using shows that in a nice bright white to remind me that it's there because otherwise I forget about it and I'm arrowing up and down and I realize halfway through a list of nine items when I'm aiming for the ninth item. Uh, first of all, you can always press the up arrow to go, you know, around the loop. If that makes sense, you can wrap around with your arrows. But I could have just pressed Command 9 and been right there and had that document open 30 seconds ago. Okay, not 30 seconds. I'm not that slow with my arrow keys. But, uh, you know, the point is, is it's it's a more efficient way of doing things. Yeah, and even on that basic issue of Spotlight of open an app and run an app, I feel like Alfred beats it there, too. Um, a good example is, like, as I'm sitting here, if I do a Spotlight search for pages, the first result is the pages application, which is great. But underneath that... It wants to do a search for pages preview. It wants to look for the pages website, uh, or it wants to show me folders with the name pages. Whereas if I do that search for pages in Alfred, it, it gives me the option, the first option to open the pages application, but the remaining 10 options underneath it are all of the recent documents I've opened with pages. I mean, how often do you want to open pay, you know, go to pages and a utility like this to, find a pages folder versus open a recent document. I mean, I always want to get into a recent document and it puts them in order of, you know, last opened. So I, I use this so often I don't even think about it anymore. Um, and most apps support this recent document plugin. Microsoft Word sadly does not, they have a weird thing they do with file management, so it doesn't plug in, but but I mean, that's just an example of even the most basic thing you do with spotlight is better in Alfred. Yeah, it really is. Um, and just being able to access your recent documents 
means that it's a lot easier to do things. So the other thing you can do is, uh, for for me, if I search for, say, preview, it doesn't necessarily show my recent preview documents. But if you get, then do option and the right arrow, then it will show you your recent preview documents. Um, and then you can, there. there's this, this thing, which we'll dive into a little bit later, where you can actually stack a bunch of documents and then do actions on them through Alfred. So you don't need to be hunting around in Finder for things. You can just, you know, stack them up above Alfred um, and then, uh, you know, make magic happen. It's kind of crazy that it just works like this, but it good crazy, not bad crazy. Yeah. If you wanted to go like over the deep end, uh, Alfred could completely replace the Finder. <laughs> I mean, you could yeah. do all file management. Too. I'm not recommending that you do that, but you actually could pull it off. Like... I think there is a terminal command to hide the finder. Maybe that that should be like a challenge just for a week. To, you know, don't stop. Don't do that. That's crazy. But the, uh, <laughs> but the, uh, you know, it is kind of cool that that this thing is so powerful in in file management. Yeah, it really is. Uh, but you know, it, I also feel like it does a better job with the logic of search. Like, I don't know if this is still true or not, but like it used to be. Oh, now they fix. No, yeah, they fixed it. It used to be in Spotlight if you typed one for one password or it immediately went to calculator mode and you couldn't get to one password. So you'd have to type password to get to one password. And it was like yeah. this little tick you had to remember, whereas uh, Alfred has never had that problem. It always just goes, you know, it just figures out what app you're using. I think one of the things it looks at is, you know, how often do you open this app? And it promotes the uh, the options based on usage, which, you know, is the way it should be. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the thing, you know, all of this is based on usage. So I think we should probably go back to the start with with Alfred, um, David, and, and talk about search, because a lot of what people do with Alfred is based around searching. So one of the primary things I use it for is launching a specific application. If I'm looking for the terminal, I'm not going to open Launchpad um, or something like that. I'm going to, and I try not to keep applications in my dock. This is a, a personal preference, but I don't have applications in my dock that aren't running. There are a few applications which always live in my dock. Um, so I've got Airmail, Fantastical Drafts, um, OmniFocus and Obsidian and Safari. That's it. Uh, those uh, Finder obviously has to live in my dock um, as well. But those are the only applications that live in my dock. All of the other applications are just active applications. So I'm not going to be looking across my dock for terminal. And I don't want to open Launchpad and then search for terminal because I then have to move my mouse. And depending on how big your screen is, that may be more work um, than uh, you're willing to do. Uh, mine's not that big, but it's it's just annoying. So to start with, you know, if I want to open an application, uh, then I just search for the name of that application. And I, I type literally David T and it suggests terminal because it's one of my most frequently used applications. Um, and underneath that, I've got better telegram and better touch tool showing up as, as other options. Um, so I can use it to open applications very, very quickly without taking my hands off the keyboard. Yeah, I know there's, there's a running battle on my computer right now between Obsidian and OmniFocus for the letter <laughs> O in Alfred. You know, it's like they can't make up its mind. Which one does he like? You know, but the um, uh, but you're right. You know, it is funny for your most frequently used apps. It's just the single letter. Whereas when you do that same search in in um in Spotlight, it just isn't as smart. Actually, Spotlight is indeed suggesting terminal to me, and then underneath that, it's suggesting home dash Canon TR four five five zero, which is my printer. I 
never open my printer, David. I have no idea what Spotlight is doing here. Spotlight, go home, you're drunk. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, unsurprisingly, Alfred is not suggesting my printer. Um, I, I only want my printer to open if I'm printing a document. Um, I'm never going to search for it this way. <laughs> okay, and Spotlight for me with O is giving me Obsidian. And then in second place, Knights of the Old Republic, which is a game I downloaded and have not played on this computer at all. And then under okay. that, OmniFocus, which is an app that is open like 24-7. So go figure. Yeah. Well, mine is showing Fanatic, which is uh, for keyboard that I have. Uh, OmniFocus and Obsidian in that order versus um, uh, the Alfred, which is showing Obsidian and then OmniFocus. I guess I was using Obsidian more recently than OmniFocus for this because I, I saved some notes in there for this show, David. Yeah. And, and so just launching apps is great. And it's not just there to find apps. It also can find files. Um, maybe we should, do you want to talk about files now? Yeah, yeah. So let's talk a bit about files. Rabbit hole yet? I got to be careful here. I don't want to scare everybody away. I think let's talk about files at a surface level right now, David, yeah. and we can get to the complex automations that you can do with those later. So with with Alfred, you know, just the same way as you search for an application, you can search for a file. Um, so I, I recently downloaded a, a whole bunch of payslips. And so if I type in uh, pay, um, then I can see all of those payslips because they're, you know, year, month, um, company payslip is the name. So if I search for pay, I can see all of those. Um, and that's great because I can use my my command and my numbers to go through them. And if I type, you know, 2021 pay, then I'll see 2021 payslips. But when I found the right document, I can actually use the right arrow on that to see a bunch of options. So if I just press return or I select one of the options uh, from a file, then you know it'll just straight up open it. That's my default action. But if I use the right arrow on that file, then I get a whole bunch more options, which are just crazy in the best possible way. So of course it's open, and then they're specifically open with. So these are all PDFs. So if I wanted to open them with a PDF pen instead of um, preview, then I could do that. Um, I can reveal it in Finder. I can email it to a specific person, or I can just start an email. I can get info, copy to, move to, delete, find similar, browse the whole folder in Alfred. And this is one of the actions we're going to have to come back to because this, for me, is incredibly useful. And there's also open the terminal here, open the the path to the, the clipboard, um, and copy the file to the clipboard. And you can also add custom actions. So I have copy markdown link here um, because that can be useful for me. Um, but uh, I, I have some others which we can get to later as well. It's it just really nuts. I mean, you can do, like I said, you can replace the finder with it. But I think that right arrow trick is one a lot of people don't realize. So you once yeah. you find the file, the right arrow is a, is an automator tip, honestly, to to act on the file. Because the usual reaction when you see something like this would be like, okay, well, I can open that file, so I'll click return to open it. Or I might be able to expose it in the finder, and then I can open the finder and I can do things with it there. But why not do the action right from the quick action bar in Alfred? And that's a, that's a clever trick. Yep. Um, and it, it saves you a lot of time because do you really want to open the file and then use the share option to send it by email? You probably don't. You probably just want to go, where's this file? Right, I want to email it uh, without having to, you know, hunt around for things. And th there's other ways of doing this as well. Like Yoink has an Alfred workflow, uh, which you can install from its preferences. So you could Yoink the file and stick it in Yoink, um, which can be useful if you want to 
do multiple files, but we'll come back to the more complex file stuff later where you can act on multiple files. Um, because of course, you know, there, there's way more crazy things that you can do. But I think before we dive into that, David, we should also have a look at uh, some of the other options that we've got with Alfred that are just sort of pretty much baked in. Um, and one of the ones I want to talk about is the calculator, because I love this. This episode of Automators is brought to you by The Intrazone. I love finding new podcasts to listen to. And it's great when you find something that's not only great to listen to, but actually useful as well. If you're looking for a new show to listen to, The Intrazone is a bi-weekly podcast with conversations and interviews on how Microsoft SharePoint, OneDrive and related tech can work for you. You'll hear from guest experts behind the scenes and out in the field, so you can see how SharePoint fits into your everyday work life to easily share and manage content, knowledge and applications. Each show covers a bunch of segments like news and announcements, a focus topic of the week, guest perspectives, FAQs of the week, and upcoming events. And the topics for the shows are really interesting. They cover migration to the cloud, AI and machine learning, and even things like cloud admin. I recently listened to their episode on Viva topics, and I have to say I do kind of love the idea of having an AI getting in with my files and suggesting things to me based on everything else available. I won't spoil it, but it's a great episode. Go and listen to it now. Just search for The Intrazone wherever you get your podcasts. That's I-N-T-R-A-Z-O-N-E. Or just click the link in the show notes. Go check it out. Our thanks to The Intrazone by Microsoft SharePoint for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. So one of the little features of Alfred, David, that I really want to talk about is the calculator. <laughs> um, and this sounds so silly. You know, it's not going to put PCALC or Solver or any of the other great calculator apps for Mac OS out of business today or tomorrow. But for me, the calculator is incredibly useful for a number of reasons. Number one, of course, it's under my fingers, so I can just open it with command space. And then if I want to type, I don't know, 23 times 471, I type 23 asterisk 471, and I can see the result right there. Um, and this is great because if I hit return, the action um, option, then that's going to save that to my clipboard. So I can just paste that somewhere. And I use that all the time when I'm just trying to get some basic maths done that I just need to paste into something. Uh, for example, calculating the number of seconds in a day um, is something that you need to do relatively often in programming for whatever reason. Um, and I have yet to memorize the number of seconds in a day and I don't like writing it all out. So I usually calculate it and then and then paste it into you know whatever application I'm currently writing in, um, which is great. But there's of course more that you can do with this um, because if you hit equals, then it puts the number that you've just calculated into Alfred for you to do more calculations with, which is something it took me a really long time to figure out. But I love that equals button now. Yeah, well, I mean, it gives you a bunch more math functions, sine, cosine, tangent, logs, you know, all the, a lot of the things that um, you may want for a more advanced calculation uh, available, but just hit the equal sign first. And then you say, okay, we're going into advanced mode. Um, I use it as well. And uh, one uh, thing I would add is if, you know, when you learn math or do you guys call it, don't you call it maths? You make it plural. Yes, because it's mathematics. Yeah. Well, we call it math over here because we're, you know, we're, uh, you know, the, the colonists, you know, just keep dropping things. But the, uh, 
But we got, you know, if you want to do advanced maths, uh, you can add uh, parentheses. So it's like, like you want to do calculations within calculations, um, mm -hmm. you can add those. And like I often have to do interest calculations for contracts and things like that. And uh, a quick tip, I have created a text expander snippet because that's one of the things you can do with Alfred. It will expand text expander snippets right inside. So mm -hmm. like I have a standard interest calculation where I just do fill-ins in text expander with the basic numbers. And then it, it, it creates the formula in an Alfred statement. And then I hit return and then it gives me my answer. So it's a, a very quick way to do relatively basic math, but, you know, constructing that every time with parentheses and, you know, making sure you get everything right is a pain in the neck. So I just made it a snippet. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the things that I like, you know, you can integrate things like that with this. Um, because of course, as well as the calculator, um, Alfred has some other options. I think now might be a good moment, David, to talk about the power pack. Yeah, sure. So the power pack in Alfred is, um, it's, it's the option to expand Alfred for, for want of a better word. It, it, that's not really the right way to say it. Um, but, uh, it's, uh, for me, at least in the UK, it's 29 pounds. They're not showing me, uh, David on the website, um, what the, the price is in dollars. So you're going to have to double check that. But, uh, the power pack with Alfred allows you to do things like create custom searches and enable one of my other favorite features, which we'll come to in a minute, which is the clipboard history. I love the clipboard history. It saved my bacon about 80,000 times over the last month. Um, but it also has the option to do um, text expansion itself. Um, and you can either use snippets or auto expansion for that. Um, and then uh, it's got music integration. Um, and some of the file actions, I think, actually do need the power pack as well. I have to say, I'm one of the, the mega power pack supporters. So I, I've, I've had a lot of this for a very long time. Um, but it allows you to do, you know, custom, uh, customized hotkeys and keywords and context integration. And also something I use a lot, which I'm guessing some of our listeners probably won't, uh, shell and terminal commands. You can just do them straight from Alfred, like move this to there. I, I do that. Um, for some reason, I, I prefer to use the terminal to, to move files to, um, like certain locations, like for example, when I installed TJ Luum as a fan Fantastipal um, uh, stream deck uh, system, um, I'm calling it a system because it's a whole bunch of keyboard maestro macros plus stream deck integration. Um, I did I moved those files I needed to move with Alfred rather than anything else. Um, it also has integration with you know custom themes um, and one password and sync is one of the power pack features and I personally do love the sync um, even if you only have one Mac it means that your Alfred settings uh, it's not really a backup because it's a sync but it it means that you can put your Alfred settings on another computer which I really like yeah just just honestly if you've made it this long in the path in the uh, podcast just get the power pack because almost everything yeah. we're going to talk about needs it and. Uh, they list the price in the United States in pounds too, um, as well. Twenty nine oh. for a single user, forty nine for Mega. I probably should have bought Mega Supporter if I think about how many times I've I've upgraded this thing. But I think I upgraded last time actually, David. Um, yeah. Just because I thought, you know what, I want to chuck them some extra money, um, and uh, why not? Um, you know, because Alfred really is one of those things where if I try to use a computer with just Spotlight, I'm trying to do things like I'll do a calculation and press return. And then wonder why it's not on my clipboard. <laughs> um, and then I'll want to get back to the previous thing that was on my clipboard. And then I won't be able to do it because 
I don't have Alfred installed. Um, a lot of people say, you know, my computer feels broken before I set up, you know, Text Expander or um, uh, Fantastical or, or you know, Bartender, one of those apps. For me, that app is definitely Alfred. I mean, there's there's several apps, let's be honest, but Alfred is one of those that I feel like I, I really need it to, uh, to be actively, pr- productively using my computer. Yeah, you know, I hear that once in a while from pundits where they say, hey, um, I don't want things like Alfred or Keyboard Master on my computer because I want to be able to sit at any Mac and be able to run it the same and not have to worry about that. And that argument is completely lost on me. I'm like, <laughs> how often do you sit at some random computer and do work? I mean, the only computers I sit at are the ones that have my files on them. They're my computers. So yeah. I customize the heck out of them. I want to be able to to make Alfred, you know, stand up and do cartwheels for me so I can don't have to do them. And having that every day for the occasional inconvenience, like I guess I do sit at my wife's computer to do maintenance or something, but you know, what do I do? I run a maintenance application, I do a backup, and then I and I close the lid. I mean, I don't care. So, um, yeah, I don't buy that. I, I feel like, you know, stuff like this is something if you want to really automate and make your computer work harder for you instead of making you do the work, you should totally get the power pack and and just dive in, man. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's talk a little bit about the clipboard history. Yeah, so clipboard history is one of those features you you need the power pack for it. Um, and then I believe uh, it's uh, oh gosh, I'm now just looking at my alpha preferences and I can't find it, David. Where did it get hidden? Uh, it's under features. There we go. It's features and clipboard history, and you can enable this and you can enable clipboard history for plain text images, and uh, even file lists. Um, And you give this uh, a different shortcut. So you don't, so say you open Alfred with command space, which by the way, I highly recommend if people are looking at playing with Alfred, change spotlight to option space and put Alfred under command space because Alfred can do everything spotlight does and more. Um, So, you know, that's a good place to start. Um, But that trigger doesn't open your clipboard history, the default Alfred tree. You need to specify a different one. And I don't remember, David, if I've changed mine, you'll have to tell me if yours is different. Uh, Mine is uh, command option C for clipboard. Yeah, Yeah, mine is is control command C. So I I, I don't know, maybe I changed it. I I honestly, you know, I've been using this thing so long, I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. you need to enable this first, though. If you don't enable it, then you won't see clipboard history um, uh, in general. So, um, And you can specify how long clipboard history is safe for. I've just gone with 24 hours on my side. I There's also options for seven days, a month, and three months. I copy and paste so much. I think if I had three months of clipboard history on my Mac, I'd have a full SSD. Um, so I'm not going to do that. Um, but uh, you can customize that. And I, I really appreciate that as well, because I don't need, you know, three months worth of clipboard history hanging around. But 24 hours is usually enough for me. Yeah, we're going to do a show, I think, on clipboard managers at some point, because there's so many options out there. But but this is an excellent one. And the thing I like is that it keeps plain text. It also keeps images and um, and it does give you metadata around them. So, you know, where they came from. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a feature called clipboard merging where you can, you can tap it and then double tap C to get, to add a bunch. So like the idea for this is, let's say you're building a document and you've got a source document you're working from, you can basically append to clipboard 
by going through and using this feature. So you can say, well, I want this paragraph and then this paragraph and that paragraph. Then you only have to paste it once and it assembles them all for you. Yeah. This fe- this feature makes me nuts. I I don't like it at all because I always seem to trigger it when I'm not when I don't don't mean to, and then when I go to paste, I've got a bunch of text I didn't need. I I this never sunk in for me, but I know some people love that. Yeah, no. So I also have this disabled. I think I've just never really found a need for it. A lot of the time, I would much prefer to to go. I'm looking for this right now. I'm looking for this now. I'm looking for this, and I'm done. I'm good finished you know thank you so long and thanks for all the fish um so it's it's a great option for people who need that um however um i i would suggest perhaps if you're doing that then clipboard history might not be the place for that snippets expansions text expansion that sort of thing which we'll come to in a minute um can uh can can better serve you there um rather than than copy pasting yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. Um, but you know, it's, it, it's useful all the time because you can think, right. Okay. I need these five things. I'm just going to copy them all. Um, and then you're going through filling out a form and you just use the clipboard history repeatedly to get those five things. And you're not going to need them for the longer than the length of time it takes you to fill out this form. Um, but y- you know, you want to have them easily accessible for that period of time. Yeah. And I personally don't use the clipboard history. I actually run it as a backup. Because if something goes yeah. wrong, but my primary clipboard history is Keyboard Maestro. And whenever we get around to that show, I'll explain why. But but Alfred is perfectly fine. And if you, yeah. you're not a Keyboard Maestro person or you don't like their clipboard and you've got Alfred, one thing Alfred is is way better than the built-in clipboard because this has got a history and I'll let you, you know, keep it for, for many days. Yeah. Um, so a little bit of more information about the clipboard history. Of course, you can search. So earlier today, I copied um, a link from packle.org. We'll come sure. back to that link later. Yeah. Um, and so if I type pack, then it shows me a couple of different things. I've got an emoji pack um, uh, here, which, you know, that's that's one of those things. And then I've got two links which have packle in them. Uh, David, one of them's from your blog. Surprised. Okay. <laughs> um, and then the other one is uh, the uh, the OmniFocus workflow. Um, yeah. So one of the things I would check uh, for people who are using or want to look at the clipboard history is under the clipboard history, there's three tabs. There's history, there's merging, and there's advanced. If you want to use merging, go ahead, toggle that on, have a play with it. Um, but under advanced, make sure auto paste on return is checked. Now, this is on by default, but this means that when... I, I I search in my clipboard history and I search for Packle um, and then I hit return. This pastes it into my current document exactly where my mouse is. Done. Like I, I don't need to think about anything else. I don't need to command V or anything. It just happens. Um, there's also an option uh, down here at the bottom or two options. Uh, ignore clipboard data marked as concealed and ignore clipboard data marked as also generated. That means that um, it's not going to copy any passwords or anything that you you have if you try and copy them um, and, and stuff that's auto-generated. So things like uh, Safari's form filler, it's not going to copy that stuff. Um, there are also specific options to ignore apps. And by default, it ignores Keychain, Security Agent, 1Password, and your wallet. Um, all of which good apps to ignore. You don't necessarily want that data in your clipboard history floating around. Uh, because I I've, I found a couple of recalcitrant apps that won't let me fill them in with 1Password, David. So uh, I've been copying and pasting uh, passwords to get them in there. And I, I don't want that in my clipboard history. Yeah. Um, but of course... 
if you do have stuff in your clipboard history and you think, oh God, you know, I'm starting a completely new thing now. I just want a clean slate. Command space, trigger Alfred, quit all applications, and then open your clipboard history, type clear, and boom, you can just clear all of your clipboard history. Or you can clear the last five minutes or the last 15 minutes. Um, and uh, there's also a button in the Alfred preferences where you can click it, you know, clear all history now. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's great. I love it. Um, it really makes my life much, much easier. You know, we kind of ran off half cocked on this episode. One of the things I meant to say at the beginning is when you use Alfred, Rose and I have been talking about system preferences for Alfred. So to get to that, and this is, I'm sure it's obvious to veteran users, but sometimes you forget. Um, when you command space or whatever your your trigger is for Alfred, it doesn't do the usual thing where it puts the Alfred app in the menu bar because this is a utility. You can put the Alfred menu bar icon up, though, and you can access preferences there. But I find the easiest way is you hit command space to activate Alfred and just hit command comma. And uh, we should have said that at the top of the show because we're as we're talking about all these settings and things we're doing with Alfred, it's that command space slash command comma that makes it happen. So yeah, uh, that's the trick. Command space, command comma. You can also type pref or P-R-E-X or you know something like that or preferences in full um, and it will show you to open it will show you the option to open alpha preferences as well as system preferences and perhaps any files or um, applications you have with preferences in the name um, but if you type it then you can access it from that as well yeah uh, so, David, one of the things I love about uh, Alfred um, is the snippets and text expansion. Now, I know you're firmly in the text expansion camp, and I'm one of those people where I periodically go off and explore because I've got quite a bit in text expander, sure, but I, you know, I always like seeing what else is out there and what else I might be able to do. Um, and one of the things that definitely sells me on uh, Alfred to an extent, at any rate, is that uh, it has an emoji pack with 1,349 snippets built in, which is pretty darn cool. All right, well, explain it, because I, I, you're right. I just use Tech Expander. I feel like that's kind of a solved problem. I like the ability that it, it can run Apple scripts, and I've just got all kinds of weird automation stuff running through Tech Expander. But, but what are the advantages for Alfred? How does this emoji thing work? Well, uh, let, let's start with snippets in Alfred. So once again, you're going to need to open Alfred's preferences, command space, command comma. Um, and then um, under the feature section, there's snippets and clippings. Um, so to start with, um, you're probably going to want to have a poke around there. Um, and I know those of you who've used Alfred before might find things like Alfred 2 snippets hanging around, uh, which, yes, I have. And uh, you can uh, rename any of these by double-clicking on them. So I'm actually going to fix that right now. It now just says Alfred snippets. Perfect. Um, so uh, to start with, you can have uh, a snippet keyword. Um, and I didn't mention this, but there's also a clipboard he keyword where if you open Alfred and then type that keyword, then you'll see clipboard history or with um, the snippet keyword, default is S, by the way, um, then uh, you'll see the snippets available to you. Um, now, um, the way Alfred differs from some other applications is you, it doesn't necessarily automatically expand things for you. So if you type one of these um, worthy snippets, then it, it won't expand it unless you open the snippet manager. Um, and my option for this is uh, command option control 
S. Um, oh, sorry. It's no, it's command shift, con, uh, command option shift S. That was it. Um, sorry. I'm, I'm trying to read the symbols and not doing the actions with my fingers. Um, sure. And that's, that's a very silly thing to do because I usually type with my fingers rather than my brain. Um, so um, if, you, if you do that, then it'll pop up the snippets. And there's actually some, some favorite snippet collections, which I've linked in the show notes for people. Um, so you can, you can download those. I'm, I'm, maybe I'm misspeaking the emoji pack wasn't pre-installed and I installed it ages ago. Um, but there's, there's snippets for Mac symbols. There's some funny quotes. There's ASCII art, um, you know, like the, the table flip, um, series of brackets and, and, and characters. There's also currency symbols and some dynamic content and date, uh, math ones, um, which are useful just to see how it works. Um, but, um, uh, and the emoji pack that I mentioned as well is listed here. And so uh, you can actually see if you click on get collections in this window, then there's some examples. And basically what it means is when you type this thing, then this thing appears instead. So for people who've never used it, then, you know, that's how that works. Um, it'll replace whatever you've written. So with the emoji pack, if you pr uh, press colon, type the word six and then press colon again, then it will replace that with a six in a little box, um, which, you know, great if that's what you want. Um, and uh, why this might be better for some people, if you don't already own text expander or something similar and you want to try text expansion and you've paid for the offer power pack, well, it's free, you know, so why yeah. not give it a go? I mean, sure. Um, and it, it's not limited to just, I can replace David Max Sparky with David Sparks every time or Max Sparky with David Sparks in brackets Max Sparky, whatever it is you wanted to do. Um, you know, you can also do... Um, as as I, I mentioned before, they've got these dynamic content examples. Have a look at those if you want to see how crazy you can go. But it's useful for just things like, you know, fixing the way that you always incorrectly spell your own name. David, I can't spell my own name. I've written my own name. I have no idea how many millions of times in my life. I still, when I'm typing, manage to swap the S and the E or the E and the M on a regular basis in my first name. It's probably just you're going too fast. You know how to spell your I th name. I think so. Yeah. yeah. But I fix it with text expansion. Like that's yeah. one of the problems it solves. Um, and also for just things that you write on a regular basis. Um, and so, uh, for example, uh, until, you know, uh, recently I've been working for a German speaking company. Uh, they have two different ways of saying dear. So dear Mr. So-and-so uh, is written one way, but dear Mrs. So-and-so is written a different way. So, you know, I, and remembering that you would think that after five years of living in a German speaking country, plus two years before that of living in another German speaking country and a degree in German, my brain would have this down for whatever reason. I, I always end up Googling it. And one day I was realizing, why do I keep Googling this? I could just write sehr Herr or sehr Frau and have it automatically expand and put the Geherte in the middle with the correct ending done. Like, no thinking about it. Oh, that's brilliant. Why didn't I think of this a year ago? Or, you know, five years ago? It would have been much easier. But I have things like that in there because it makes it a lot easier for me. Um, and it, it, you know, it one of those things you might want 18 different mail signatures, but you keep switching between different email applications because you can't decide what's best. So saving them all in your email application doesn't work for you. Uh, so save them as text snippets instead and then expand them wherever you need them. 
Yeah. You know, I, the, the emoji problem is an interesting one. So this is one more potential solution for it. I mean, the real problem with emoji, in my opinion, is that, you know, Apple didn't finish the job, you know, control command space opens up a keyboard with emoji where you can pick from it, but it doesn't have an easy search. And it's just like, it's like they had a lunch meeting that day or something and they forgot to come back to it. I don't know what happened there. Yeah. Well, I would actually like to to, to take a minor detour there because um, inside of Alfred, you can have collections of snippets and this is basically folders of snippets. Yeah. Um, and so you can toggle each one on and off. So I have the emoji pack. It's actually disabled. And the reason for that is, and I've put a link to this in the show notes for people, I'm using an application called Rocket, which is free. Um, and it works the same way typing in Slack and Discord stuff does. So if you're in the Relay FM Discord and you're used to typing colon, um, I don't know, thumb, um, and then it comes up with thumbs up and thumbs down and you select the right one, Rocket does exactly that. And you can disable it on a per app basis, um, which is what I use for emojis. So it means that when I'm writing in messages or um, Discord, um, I have the same experience. Obviously, Discord, I'm using Discord's native experience, but Messages doesn't have that when I type colon wave. It, it just doesn't offer me that option. But with Rocket, it does. Um, but, you know, if you don't want yet another application, then you can use Alfred. Yeah, and, and Rocket is free. You're like reading my mind, Rose, because I was just about to mention Rocket, which which is a free app that, that can put this anywhere. So, there, there's a lot of different ways to skin that cat. But, you know, the point is, you know, Texas Commander costs money and there's only so much money we all have to spend on apps. And if you're all in with Alfred, I think it's a perfectly sufficient way to do text expansion, you know? Yes. And, um, yeah. and go for it, you know, I mean, use what works for you. Yeah. Um, and in particular, when you're creating a, sni- a snippet, um, so there's two kinds of snippets you can create in Alfred. There's plain text and rich text. So if you're typing markdown, you know, it's plain text. If you want rich text with bold and underlines already formatted, then you're, you're going to use rich text. Um, and if you select uh, rich text, then you get a little AA button over on the right-hand side above the, the, the um, text box. It's a large text box, by the way, David. This is one of the things I love about this versus the native macOS and iOS built-in autocorrect uh, button, which you can kind of hack to be text expansion. Um, this is a nice big text box. Yeah. Um, and so this AA button gives you options for, you know, showing your fonts, bold, italic, underlying colors, copying a style from something and pasting a style. Um, but regardless of that, whichever you're doing, at the bottom, there's two uh, a button with two curly brackets in. So a left curly bracket and a right curly bracket. And if you click this, then this is snippets. So you've got options for date or date and time, um, date and time math. So one month ago or an hour from now or a day from now or a month and so on. Uh, there's also clipboard history. So you can put your current clipboard content in, but you want it uppercased or capital case or trimmed. So there's no extra spaces at the beginning and the end. Um, there's also the option to put placeholders for other snippets in there. It gets kind of crazy. Um, you can also have random, so you can have random fruit. If you would like a random fruit in your snippet, you can do that. Um, you can also have random cheeses. There's also random numbers between one and 10, a random positive number, random negative numbers, UUIDs. We've mentioned those before. There's also, uh, the ability to specify your cursor permission. So that's where, you know, you're going to type, uh, when this is done. And then uh, you can also just ignore dynamic placeholders, um, which means that those things won't be expanded for you. Um, so, I mean, this is 
you know, it's not as fully fledged as something like Text Expander, where you can use JavaScript to write custom um, things, which will do magical math to make stuff happen. But it's pretty good. You know, like if you want to get started with text expansion, you could do much worse than starting with Alfred. Yeah, especially if you've already got a license, you know, I mean, go for it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This episode of the Automators podcast is brought to you by ExpressVPN. High speed, secure and anonymous VPN services. Get an extra three months for free when you go to expressvpn.com slash automators. In the real world, if you're looking for privacy, you close a door. But online, we leave doors open everywhere we go. Using the internet without ExpressVPN is like never closing the doors behind you. Your internet service provider, like Comcast or Verizon, knows every single website you visit. And if they want to, they can sell this information to ad companies and tech giants. ExpressVPN creates a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet so that your online activity can't be seen by anyone. I've been an ExpressVPN subscriber for years, and I love the service because it's so easy to use. You open the app, press one button, and you're secure. Not only that, you can trust ExpressVPN. They are truly there to protect your privacy, and that's not true for all VPN services. Since signing up for ExpressVPN, I've had great peace of mind about my internet security. ExpressVPN works on everything, phones, laptops, even routers, so everyone who shares your Wi-Fi can still be protected, even if they don't have an ExpressVPN account. And the best part is using ExpressVPN is as easy as closing the door. You just fire up the app, click one button, and you're protected. And ExpressVPN is the world's number one VPN by CNET, Wired, The Verge, and countless others. If, like me, you think your online activity is your business, secure yourself by visiting expressvpn.com slash automators today. Once again, that's expressvpn.com slash automators, and you can get an extra three months for free. That's expressvpn.com slash automators Thank you, ExpressVPN, for your support of the automators and all of FM. One of my favorite features with Alfred, and I don't know how many times a day I use this feature, is web search. And, you know, we've all done web searches before. You know, the way we learned to do it was you would open your browser and then you'd go to Ask Jeeves and you'd type in a search. You know, and then eventually, you know, we got better search engines and better browsers where you could just type a search engine into the um, the uh, URL bar of your browser, and it would do a search for you. But yeah. at, but Alfred brings it to like a whole new level because if you go into those that magic Alfred settings we were talking about, command space, then command comma, and then you go on that sidebar over to features and web search. It's the fourth one down. Um, mm-hmm. You have a bunch of key terms already built in that do a search for you. Like, for instance, if you want to search Google, you would activate Alfred, command, comma. And then I just type G-O. Actually, I get it with G. And then the first offer is search Google for, and then you hit return. And then you type your your search, you know, Automators Podcast. And then it goes off and does a search of Automators Podcast on Google for you. Mm-hmm. But. But there's so much more because, you know, everybody does Google searches, but why not target your search? Like you want to search in Google Maps or Apple Maps or you want to translate. Like if I just type T-R-A, then it opens up the ability to translate. 
Um, mm-hmm. uh, one that I do all the time is Drive. It's Google Drive. It searches my Google Drive for Automator's outline. You know, um, IMDb, eBay. Uh, another one that I use sadly too much is Amazon. Like you type Amazon and it searches the Amazon store for whatever it is you want. So mm-hmm. rather than going to Amazon and trying to do the search in their app, you just type AMA in my case return then whatever product you're looking at and it opens up Amazon. Now, in order to make that Amazon one work, one of the things you need to do is when you set up Alfred the first time under the general tab is you need to indicate your country. So it searches mm-hmm. the right store, but, yeah. but you know, you want to do that. But I just, I mean, all of these, another one I use all the time is YouTube. Like I want to go into YouTube and learn about Greek philosophy. You know, I just type Y O U and then it prompts me YouTube search and I hit enter and I just type Greek philosophy and then there up they come, you know? And so whatever it is you want to search, they've got it. Um, they have a Facebook one, but I mean, who would use that? Right. Um, <laughs> IMDB, um, Bing. So if you want to go to the other side and search with Microsoft, you can do that. Wolfram Alpha, you know, we don't talk about that much, but that's a really powerful engine. DuckDuckGo, which is a great uh, tool for privacy. Alfred Help, Rotten Tomatoes, you know, They've got a bunch of them here. And as you learn to use them, it's um, it's the only way to search the web. And and let's just talk about that now. But in a minute, I'm going to talk about how you can customize those as well. I mean, do you use the built-in mm-hmm. ones? Yeah, yeah. So I use the built-in ones, and I've, I've got a couple of custom ones as well. Um, and I definitely second David's tip under general make sure your country is set correctly. Uh, after I moved from Austria, I had to go and change that because it was searching Amazon Germany for me because I actually so a little tip if you don't have a local Amazon so for example you live in Portugal or the Netherlands or Austria uh, you won't have a local Amazon there is no Amazon Netherlands Amazon Portugal Amazon Austria you use you know your adjacent countries so for Austria and Netherlands it's probably Germany um, and for Portugal it's Spain there's plenty of other countries in the world that have to use another country's Amazon as well um, and so you can you can customize that. Um, so I changed mine back to the UK and voila, I'm now searching UK Amazon and UK eBay um, and UK Google versus, you know, Amazon.com, which great, but I get murdered on shipping charges and Prime does not deliver next day if I do that. So yeah. I'm not going to be doing things like that. My Yale lock came from Amazon UK thanks to one of their actual actually very good deals. Um but yeah, it's it's well worth doing it because the other thing is, is say I search for something, I don't know, sleep monitor. Um, one of the things that Alfred will do for you, if you just search for something and it can't find it on your computer or under the options that it's found on your computer, kind of like um, uh, a Spotlight does, Spotlight at the bottom has options to search the web and uh, search in Finder. Mm, thanks, Spotlight. But if you can't find it in Finder, will Finder find it in Finder? Um, if you type something and Alfred can't find it on your computer, it has built-in options to search Google, Amazon, and Wikipedia. So if I type sleep monitor in, which is something I, I don't have much of uh, written about on my Mac, um, then it gives me the options to search Google, search Amazon, and search Wikipedia for those three options. Yeah. Uh, for, for, that, for that phrase or query, rather. Um, and and that's great because it means if you type something and you thought, oh man, I thought I bookmarked that because guess what? Alfred can search your bookmarks too. We might have to talk about that in a minute, David. Um, then, um, you know, it can, um, it, you can go off and search on the web for it instead. Yeah. Powerful stuff. And then like I was teasing earlier, you can also create custom searches 
And the custom searches, there's a couple things about that. Um, they're not that difficult to make. Like I made one for Max Sparky and all you do is you type in the web search query from your website. Any website that has a search bar on it has a web search query. You just go to the search bar and you can paste it out of the URL. Yeah. But you do have to paste in in the, uh, what do you call the squiggly bracket? Is that what you call the squiggly bracket? Curly braces. Curly braces. There we go. Spoken like a true programmer. With the word query in it, and that passes whatever you have in Alfred to the to the search. But you can put them in, like if there's a website you go to frequently. Like I was thinking, and I, it just occurred to me right before we recorded today, so I need to make one of these for the automator's forums because why not mm-hmm. just be able to search the forums and, and it would be very easy to put something like that together. Yeah. Um, a little tip I will give people. If they're, if they're trying to figure out what is the search query for a website, a lot of websites are well-coded. Um, so that means that you could type in the website URL and then there's a lookup button on the right. Um, and then it will use two different options. It can use open search and search action to try and find something. Um, the other option, if if maybe a website doesn't have a built-in search, there are these websites out there, or the built-in search is really sucky because, you know, they've got tons of data and it would take, you know, literal masses of computing power to do that. Um, then uh, you can also do a search with Google um, or DuckDuckGo, your site of preference, take your pick, and append it with site colon and then the website url so for example if the automators forum didn't have a search that's not true it does have a very good search actually um then you could put um you know site colon automate uh, fm. done and then it would search specifically the automators forums with you know your search engine of choice um i love DuckDuckGo for that david i don't know where you are um but there's also at the bottom of this a validation where you can uh, type where it will have text. Of course, the default text is Alfred app. Um, and um, and then you, if you press test, it will try to execute the search, uh, replacing the curly braces query with whatever it is. So uh, one I'm using right now, Screencast Online, uh, and I've just searched for Alfred in Screencast Online, and it turns out that in January 2020, they did an Alfred 4 video. So if anybody wants to uh, to uh, watch a video on that and ha- is a Screencast Online member, then uh, I'll put a link to that in the show notes for you. Yeah. Uh, but those web searches, I think, are, are a killer feature. And one, again, I think a lot of people aren't aware of and don't use. And so, you know, b- use the built-in ones. But if, you, like, if you're co- currently or constantly going to a single website for searches, just build it into Alfred. You can make it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So don't, you won't have to open Safari, Firefox, Chrome, Edge, um, whatever your your browsers of choice. Press Command L um, and then type it in and then search for it. Uh, instead, you just command space to Alfred, type your search query, done. Um, and and I find that to be insanely useful. You want to talk about contacts? Well, before we talk about contacts, David, I think I teased people just now. I think we should talk about bookmarks a minute. All right, let's um, do that. Uh, because web bookmarks are something, uh, so if you're a Firefox user, I am afraid you're out of luck here. Um, Alfred only integrates with bookmarks in Safari and Chrome. Um, but basically what this means is you can turn on searching your bookmarks. So obviously in the bookmarks, um, of Safari, uh, that's my browser of choice. I actually use Safari technology preview, but it integrates via Safari. So it's fine. Uh, if I search for automators, then as well as 
all of the other things on my computer that come back with automators, I also see results that say automators form. Um, and when I open it, it opens Safari and goes to talk.automators.fm because I've turned on, and this is the fifth option down uh, in features, sources, Safari bookmarks under web bookmarks. Um, and I have my bookmarks show in the default results because I don't bookmark many things. Um, I'm very selective about my bookmarks. I do not use my bookmarks as a relator service. If you do use your bookmarks as a relator service, uh, then you may not want to use this feature uh, just because you're going to have tons of stuff. Unless, of course, you want all of that stuff to show up, in which case it's perfect. Um, and uh, yeah, they do recommend don't enable browsers that you don't need here. So I do also have Chrome installed for a variety of reasons, uh, debugging among them. And uh, I don't have bookmarks enabled for Chrome because... Obviously, the more stuff you put into Alfred, the more it's going to have to process things. And the more it has to process, you know, the slower it's going to be overall. I've personally never, ever had a performance issue with Alfred, like ever. But uh, I don't I don't enable things I don't need there either. And neither have I. And I actually question why they don't have bookmarks turned on by default. It surprises me. Like, if you forget to turn it on and you like expect to see them, they're just not there. But well, David, when's the last time you worked in first level support? Because having seen some of the horrors that people do with their bookmarks, I've met plenty of yeah. people with well over 10,000 bookmarks. I can easily see why the Alfred developers yeah. there yeah. decided let's not turn that on by default. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm like you, I'm pretty conservative with bookmarks. I mean, I, I use them, but I don't, yeah, I, I don't treat it as a read it later service. So yeah, I see, there you go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's there and just make sure if you haven't got it turned on, like Rose said, go into the preferences, uh, fifth item down, it's one toggle and yeah, uh, turn it on. So David, do you want to talk about contacts? Yeah. yeah I think I've held you off for long enough. Contacts and Alfred. Well, I think contacts are just really handy in Alfred because they give you more options than spotlight does, you know, in spotlight, you can get a contact. And if you select the contact, it has things you can do, but they're very limited options. Whereas with Alfred, you have kind of full control. If I hit in Alfred, command space, and then Rosemary Orchard, and then return, I've got a list of everything in here. I've got your birthday. I've got phone numbers and email addresses and all of them. I can go through them. And then once I select one, like I can hit command C to copy it, or I can hit return to, to open and create a new email to you or you know, anything I want to do with that data. And I just feel like that, you know, Alfred does a much better job of, of making that stuff present and giving you more power. Like I constantly am sending emails, introducing people like as, as a lawyer, I'll say, Oh, you need to talk to this insurance person or whatever. And I want to put details in the email uh, so that people can talk to each other. Um, it's so much easier to do that with Alfred than it is with spotlight. Um, and, and that is one of the things I love. You know, you you just, uh, the other thing is, is it's not just, so I've searched for David Sparks right now and it's showing me David Sparks, MaxSparky.com and your emoji because that's the, the photo I have saved for you because yeah. that's what contacts did. Um, but here I've got email address, I've got your domain name, I've got phone number, I've got your physical address. And depending on which of these I have selected, it gives me different options. So I can press return on an email address to email you. I could command C to copy it. And I can also do command L for large type. So if I want to show your email address in massive letters, I think this is more useful for stuff like Wi-Fi passwords. And that's a feature OnePassword actually has built in. But 
the return for email address disappears if I mouse over if I t- uh, use the arrow to go down to your domain name. It then says open this URL. Um, and if I mouse down again to your address, it opens it in maps and will give me directions to get all the way to California. Um, wow. Uh, David, it, it got lost in the ocean. You're going to have to send a boat to come get me. I say, does it involve a submarine? <laughs> I don't know, but you're going to have to send a search party out. Make sure uh, make sure your favorite doodle is ready for me. Um, but yeah, um, I, I, I like this because it, it gives you these options. And of course, it's smart about these things as well. So for stuff like Twitter, um, handles and things like that because i've got all of that added um it it doesn't give me an option to open that on twitter um it just gives me the option to copy it but i don't use the twitter app i use tweetbot anyway and mac os doesn't have a, a setting for your default twitter application um so uh that's probably for the best um but i like it and i like the fact that i can you know press escape to go back at any time if uh, if I have multiple David Sparkses in my contacts book and I and I press enter on the wrong one and I go, oh, man, it's the wrong one. I press escape, I go back, I, I mouse down or, you know, I, t- I use the arrow keys to go up and down um, and then I, 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 you know, go back to it. Um, and uh, if you use the action button, so that's, you know, your command one through nine um, and also the return key, then it, it does the same thing there, uh, which for me is perfect. I love it. Yeah, uh, I used to use that large type when I um, worked for the law firm because mm-hmm. I had a standing desk where my laptop was and the phone was on the other side of the room. And sometimes I'd oh, want to call yeah. somebody, I'd just put it large type. Um, I would add, if you are interested in using Alfred for contact management, to go into the settings once again. There's an advanced tab, like if you wanted to show last name before first or put job titles in or even select which maps app to use to to get maps Um you know, hopefully one that will give Rose a submarine. But all, there's a lot of customization you can do with the contacts so you can make it work just the way you want. Yeah, and uh, it, it, it's great. Uh, I, I I love it. Um, so, you know, uh, please, please uh, give it an option, give it a go and, and give it a try because, you know, it, it's amazing how little I use the actual context application. If I want to add a co- contact, then I'm going to use something like Cardhop because I just paste a whole bunch of information from their email signature and it magically goes through, parses it out, and I'm done. Yeah. Um, but if, if I want to actually just access like an email address or something, or honestly, if I if I want to email somebody, I won't start with opening my email application and pressing Command N. I start with Alfred now because if I open my email. <laughs> Last I checked, David, I have 34 unread email messages because I haven't been on top of my email today. And the last thing I want, if I need to just send somebody a quick email, is to be, you know, smacked with the avalanche of unread email. It happens easily. It, you know, it, it, and it's totally normal. But if I want to send somebody an email, I don't want to get, you know, sidetracked with that. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole idea, right? Once you open the email, normally the, the inbox hits you and, uh, who knows if you're going to actually remember to send the email you open it up for? Um, anytime you can can take that distraction out of your out of your face, you're doing better. Yeah. Uh, one one more small one I want to I, I want to talk about Alfred workflows, but we're going to wait till later because this while we're on these little ones, I think another one I would mention is system preferences and system commands. So with Alfred, like you can put your computer to sleep. And all you have to do is type command space and then sleep, and then it puts your computer to sleep or restart. And there's some of these things that for whatever reason, Apple just doesn't put those in spotlight. Maybe they don't want somebody accidentally shutting down 
that Alfred trusts you. And so all the system commands that you normally do, like I, I can never remember the weird keyboard shortcuts for restart, sleep, turn monitor off. I, I know it involves the escape key and something else, but you know, I just can never remember. So I, I just use Alfred for all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and I love this. Um, there is one, um, and I do have to be a little careful when I am looking for, um, uh, uh, quick time because if you type quit instead of quick then one of the options that comes up is quit all applications and this is something you can of course do with keyboard maestro um and i actually have uh, a couple of different ones where i you know I, I i quit you know my open applications as part of another macro but sometimes at the end of my day uh, one of the things i'm trying to integrate into my shutdown routine is just quitting all of my open applications because Again, it's like email. You open your email and you get slammed with the 34 and red emails. And all you wanted to do was send David Sparks an email about the next episode of Automators and the guest who's going to be on because she's fabulous and amazing um, or something like that. Um, and, you know, it it ends up being uh, a lot more than I want when I get there first thing in the morning and I just want to quickly do this one. Th oh, no, no. OK, I've got 80,000 things open from yesterday and I get sucked into this Amazon tab that I had open looking at battery packs because I never have enough battery packs. I have a MagSafe one now, David. I don't know how that happened. Um, oh, Rose, just wait till you have kids. I mean, honestly, oh, yeah. I, I, I think I just need to tell Amazon to send me a new battery every two months because <laughs> I, I <laughs> they keep, just disappear. Yeah, I keep my battery in in my little workbench in my studio and everybody knows where it is. And every time I go, it's gone. You know, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I swear my parents are the same. Like every time um, I, I go over there, I end up giving them a battery pack. My mom really wanted my MagSafe battery pack the other day, but fortunately she's got an iPhone 11 Pro, not a 12, yeah. um, uh, because she's got my old iPhone. And so I was very happy to inform her, this doesn't magnetize to the back of your phone. Um, so I, I got to keep Wh it. Which MagSafe? I, I haven't bought one of those yet, and now I need one again. Uh, which one did you get? Uh, so Anchor, I have one. It's not actually MagSafe. It's a magnetic. It's their power core magnetic. I think 10,000. I don't think the 20,000's out yet. Or maybe it's the 5,000, the 10,000's coming. Either way, it, it does stick on the back of your iPhone, though, in on the MagSafe area. Um, so that's pretty cool. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. And as you said that, um, I just opened Alfred. I type AMA, Anchor, um, uh, power, what did you say? Our Anchor. Uh, power core. I think Power Wave. Yeah, and it showed up. It was the first result. It, you can get a 10,000 milliamp hour one delivered tomorrow for forty nine ninety nine. <laughs> Boy, they make it easy, don't they? And yep. I see the little circle on the back, so you can just lay your phone on top of it if you want. Nice. Yep. Does it charge your watch, too? Uh, no, because it's only... Um, so uh, Apple Watches are a bit finicky to charge, um, so it, it doesn't charge that as well, unfortunately. Um, but... Uh, so, oh, wait, uh, it depends on which one you're looking at. I will make sure that the link to the correct one is in the show notes for everybody. Uh, it doesn't um, show up immediately when I search for it on Amazon. Um, and I, of course, bought it from Amazon UK versus Amazon.com. Yeah. Uh, $39.99, it is the 5,000 milliamp hour one. And the link is officially in the show notes. Thank you to uh, Alfred for helping me uh, create that link. <laughs> well, I, I, I do think it's cool that... Um you access this stuff so quickly. In fact, almost some days I feel like the Amazon one should be turned off. <laughs> I went down a little <laughs> side rabbit hole there, gang. Uh, but on system settings, one thing you can do is you can actually, in the in the settings for Alfred, once again, command space, command comma, uh, if you go under feature, system is towards the bottom, you can individually require confirmation for a lot of the commands. Like 
um, restart or shutdown can require com uh, confirmation. So you wouldn't accidentally trigger it. Um, but it is crazy how deep down the stack this goes. If you type V-O-L-U-P, the volume goes up. I mean, I'm not sure that I'd want to do that through Alfred, but if you wanted to, you could. Uh, so I have volume up and volume down enabled purely for when I'm connected via remote desktop software. Sure. Um, and I use um, Jump Desktop for that for people who are curious. It's part of the setup suite um, for the Mac application um, where I can then access other computers with it. Um, I pretty much use it on my iPad Pro. Um, and it, it's great for that. So that's good. Um, but I, I use it for things like that because every so often, and I know this is really weird, I play music from my Mac to my HomePods. Sure. Um, and um, if I'm remoted into my Mac for something else, because I, I love my Mac Mini, it's great. Um, and it'll soon be a purple uh, iMac, uh, M1 iMac, which will be even better. Um, then, um, uh, you know, I so I'm often remoted in, you know, doing stuff like messing around with Affinity Publisher, which doesn't yet exist on iPad. Um, and if I'm playing music from my iPad, I don't have those media keys um, on my iPad. Um, so I can adjust, you know, the volume and the mute as well. Um, and also, uh, I highly recommend having the mute toggle available because if you use the alpha remote application and you accidentally leave your computer running, then you can hit mute and then make sure your, your Mac goes to sleep, uh, from your bed without getting up. But we'll come back to the alpha remote application after this. Get organized and unleash your creativity with DevonThink. Use the link in our show notes for 10% off. DevonThink is the flagship product from Devon Technologies. DevonThink is the most professional document and information management application for the Mac. It's the one place for storing all of your documents, snippets, or bookmarks and working with them. The integrated AI assists you with filing and searching, while the extensive search language with advanced Boolean operators also lends a hand. DevonThink features a flexible sync system that supports many cloud services or lets you synchronize over the local network too. With everything encrypted, you've got choice in how you sync your data. It has smart rules and flexible reminders that let you automate all parts of your workflow and delegate boring repeating tasks. Let DevonThink automatically organize your data with rules you define. DevonThink's AppleScript dictionary is one of the largest on the Mac. There is no part of DevonThink that can't be automated. With DevonThink, you can extend the functionality with your own commands by adding them to the scripts menu. Even templates can have scripts inside, and you can set up new documents with data from placeholders or inserted by your own AppleScript code. And of course, there's so much more, from the iOS companion app to email archiving, scanning, or even an embedded web server for sharing your data securely with your team. I've been using DevonThink for a while now, and I am sold. There really is nothing like it on the Mac in order to store, organize, and even find and work with your documents. The AI is spooky good. It finds terms that aren't even in the documents, but still relevant. And I love that I can add my own personal password to the encryption layer to keep things just for me. You can get DevonThink with 10% off right now or upgrade to it right now. Just go to devontechnologies.com slash automators. That's devontechnologies.com slash automators for that 10% off. And our thanks to Devon Technologies for their support of the automators and all of Relay FM. Before we went to the break, Rose was teasing us about the remote app. So Alfred, if you want to spend another $5 
has an application you can get from the App Store for your iPhone or iPad, but I think it's really ideally made for the phone. Yeah. And once you set it up, you have to have your your Mac and your phone on the same Wi-Fi network. And if you go into that, you know, command space, command comma, I should stop saying that, but I can't help myself. Uh, there is a remote tab in there and you can pair your phone to your Mac. And when you do that, it gives you the ability to remotely control your Mac via Alfred. Now, we've talked about remote control of your Mac on various episodes of Automators, and sometimes it involves like running a remote server or some some different thing. I feel like Alfred is actually a very easy way to do this. And mm-hmm. and there's a whole like category of third-party apps that do this as well. But once again, if you're already in the ecosystem of Alfred, why not just do it via Alfred? Um mm-hmm. Uh, historically, I and Rose and I were talking before the show. Neither one of us were big fans of this historically because it just it felt like it was kind of a clunky app. But um, between the last time I used it and prepping for today's show, they have spent a lot of time and effort. And it's actually a very nice looking app now. It is. It is. Um, uh, because, I mean, previously it wasn't optimized for uh, Face ID phones and things like that. And the Alfred team were aware of it. And and so I'm very pleased that they, they've updated it as well. You know, they, they've... Uh, it made the decision to start uh, to temporarily pause, I guess, for a little while on the Mac application and devote some time to the iOS app. And it shows. It's nice. So uh, by default, when you first set it up, you just get some system controls, which allows you to do things like show Alfred, uh, quit all your applications, eject all hard drives. Uh, that's something you can do with Alfred. That's one of the system commands that David mentioned before the app break. Um, and that's a great command if you have a laptop that you usually keep plugged in, but you pick up and take with you, you know, before you pick it up and take it with you, eject all your hard drives. You don't want data corruption, right? So, you know, you eject all your hard drives. Um, You can just eject all of them at the same time with Alfred. You can also um, open your screensaver, show the trash, or my favorite one, empty the trash if it's in the trash. Bye-bye. Lock yourself out. Useful for shared machines, of course. Uh, Sleep the computer, lock the computer, restart, and even shut down your computer. Uh, Of course, if you restart, you're going to have to come back to your computer and type in your password. Please, I hope you've got a password um, on on the keyboard connected to your machine uh, before you can remote back in um, via the Alfred app at any rate. Um, uh, But it's great. But then... If if you're if you're liking the sound of this and you think oh but well, what else can it do, um, under the remote uh, entry in the alpha preferences command space command comma, um, so uh, remote is the fifth one down on the left and you can then use the little plus button at the bottom to add more under examples. There's also applications which is your applications preferences folders and files web searches bookmarks music control and clipboard snippets. Um, And each of these gives you um, a 16-button pane. So you can also add, uh, there's also workflows and uh, blank pages. So if you added a blank page, you'd get a grid of 16 buttons. And those 16 buttons you can program. Oh, wow, David, you can do anything you'd like. You can run an AppleScript command, terminal command keyboard combination. Um, You can trigger a specific Alfred workflow. We're going to have to talk about those in a minute. Uh, You can open Alfred's preferences. You can do anything you like. Open URLs, open files, you name it, David. It's here. Honestly, I don't see myself using any of that stuff except for the system commands. I I just like, I'm going to use, like, I would rather just remote in 
like something with jump desktop and run my Mac remotely. But uh, what it is useful for is like just the other night, I my my studio now is downstairs because of the pandemic. I had to move out of a bedroom and um, the, I happened to leave the speakers on. You know, my computer has external speakers and I was upstairs in bed and somebody was talking on Slack. All I could hear was the Slack noises. I didn't have any devices oh. with me. And it's like, and I was thinking, oh, it's going to be bugging everybody in the house. So I went downstairs and fixed it. But I could have just, if I had this installed at the time, I could have muted my computer. Like that mm-hmm. it would be that easy or sleep the screen or do, I, th- I think it's useful for the system stuff. Um, I don't think I will go very far down the the rabbit hole on the rest of it. What I can see this being useful for, for me, is um, setting up for podcasts and things like that. So frequently, um, just because of time zone differences, before I podcast, before I recorded Automators Today, I was in the kitchen, I cooked dinner, and I ate dinner. And I wasn't in my office. And I had to come back to my office to trigger my my automation for starting a podcast, which cleared a bunch of open applications, open specific applications, and then used Moom to put them in the right place. Well, with Alfred, I can now do that from my phone. Um, because previously, I you know, I could have got out my iPad and used remote jump desktop or something. But by the time I've done that, I could walk to my Mac, press command space, type the command and walk away again. Um, you know, it's not worth it for things like that. But with Alfred... I can definitely uh, do that because, you know, I'll, I'll just have um, setups uh, folder here now um, and I'm going to be using this. So I'm going to have to report back on this in the next show, David, where, uh, you know, I, I'll be able to just say automators or nested folders, iOS today um, and things like that. And it, and it means also then when I get to my Mac, it's, you know, you love contextual computing. My Mac is already going to be in the context that I need when I get to it because I'll yeah. press the button on my way there. So I'm quite happy about that. Uh, that's a stream deck problem for me, but I get it. I mean, I think it's cool. Uh, I think if you're doing remote stuff, um, the more ways you have to control your computer, the better. And and honestly, remote control um, belt and suspenders is a really good idea because sometimes something yeah. for one reason or another just doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to keep it around for the system things because like you said, you know, with, with Slack going boop, boop, or whatever that sound is, I don't even remember now what the sound is. I just, I know it when I hear it and, and like my spine does this weird thing where it's like, no, um, you know, when I'm not at my computer and somebody starts eagerly chatting with me, um, yeah. despite the fact that they're not getting a response. If you're not getting a response, people, then <laughs> um, uh, yeah, but uh, so this way I can just... Oh, pull out my phone, mute my machine, and uh, go back to doing whatever it was I was doing. Alfred workflows. Now, this is something I've been waiting the whole show to talk about. Um, Alfred, I believe it was with version three that they first brought this in, but it got better with version four, where people can write their own little mini programs to run inside Alfred and give it like superpowers. So, mm-hmm. like um, the simplest one that I have just to kind of give you an introduction to this, it's called time zones. And what it does is I have set it up. So if I just type TZ, when I open Alfred, it gives me the time zone in Memphis, London, and Taipei. I have three people I work with. You'll never guess who's in London or outside. <laughs> of London. Uh, but I just type TZ and it gives me the, the current time in those places. And it's the fastest way to get time zone information from me. Cause it's like, 
command space TZ, you know, and, and then there's more you can do with this. You can add cities, remove cities. You can do all sorts of cool things. You can get the time zone in a random city, but I just find this a very useful thing. And it's a plugin that somebody wrote like five years ago and you download it, you install it into Alfred and configure it and you're off to the races. And these workflows are, are really what brought me out of LaunchBar because the the workflow community in Alfred is so good and there are so many different things at stake. Um, so I thought it'd be, I've been dying all week to find out what Rose is using for her Alfred workflows, but I've got several I like too. You want to share one of your favorites? I mean, I, I, I love those. Um, so do I get to dive right into the weeds now, David, or do you want one of my simpler ones to start yeah, with? Yeah, give a simple one. Let's start with this. Okay. Well, one of my simple ones is with Yoink. Um, so I mentioned this before, but in Yoink's preferences, so Yoink is a Mac application, which is a shelf, and I have it appear over on the left side of my screen when I start dragging a file, uh, because then I can shove that file in Yoink. And this is really useful. It doesn't actually, the file doesn't actually move to Yoink. It just basically a shortcut to the file lives there, and then you can drag it off to wherever later. And this can be useful for a variety of things. But finding files by digging through Finder is one of my least favorite things to do. Um, you know, I just, I don't really do it. Um, and so I usually find it with Alfred. Um, and then I have Yoink as one of my options there. So I can add that to Yoink. And this is specified as a file action. So under uh, Yoink's preferences, you can actually um, specify to to install this Alfred workflow. Um, and uh, I'd highly recommend doing that if you use Yoink. Yeah, okay. Um that's a good one. Uh, we talked, I think, on this show recently about um, the ones that I'm really, I'm just a huge fan of the OmniFocus ones that were created by, name escapes me, Packle. Um, They're on the Packle website, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't remember exactly who created them, but the link to those is in the show notes. Yeah, um, the Packle OmniFocus scripts are game changer if you use OmniFocus because uh, they use the dot command. So you type dot F space, and then you can search all the folders in OmniFocus or dot P and search all the projects and you get it. You know, um, uh, OmniFocus is great, um, but I am often not in OmniFocus when I think of something I want to see in OmniFocus and being able to like, I'll say dot F and then a client name and enter and it opens up OmniFocus to the specific client folder. And it's that fast. And I've not found any faster way to get to a target location in OmniFocus than that short of, you know, saving the URL to that place. And uh, boy, I installed that. And like within a day, I was sold. Yeah. Uh, so the plugin itself is actually created by, I think, Reed Lewis, R-H-Y-D. Um, and uh, it's it's on GitHub as well. So I've linked to your blog post about it, David. Uh, the the uh, page on Packle. Packle is kind of like a library for uh, Alfred workflows. Some of them can sometimes be a little bit out of date. So uh, check to see when things were last updated there. Um, if, if you're struggling with something not working for whatever reason, um, but then it's, it's also on GitHub. Um, so I've, I've got that link too for people. If I ever meet Reed, I am buying him a beer. Let's just yeah. put it out there. If you're listening, yeah. let me know. 
<laughs> well, uh, one of the other things that you can do uh, with Alfred, and I believe this is a script that I got from Packle, I'm going to have to search for it now because I've had it for ages, is uh, VPN connections. Um, so I, I mean, I do use things like ExpressVPN, they're sponsoring the show, um, but I also have my work VPN and things like that, which I need to be able to do my job. But sometimes I have different VPNs because I need to access different parts of things and complex weird networks. So I can't just say connect the VPN um, and be done with it because that is almost certainly going to land me in the wrong network if I do that because it's always going to be specialist. So I have um, a Alfred command which lists the VPN options set up in my system preferences under my network. Um, And then uh, I pick one and then it connects me. Um, and this is great. So I do have a default VPN connection, uh, which I've just set to works VPN because, you know, most of the time I can probably get away with just being in works VPN for things. Um, and I try to encourage all the different departments to just put things in the main VPN wherever possible instead of sub private things. Um, but for those times when I can't do that, where people insist that their data has to be in a super secure internal private network, um, which cannot be accessed from the bigger network or whatever, then uh, I have separate VPNs. So being able to list those out has been really helpful for me. Another one for me is DevonThink search. Um, there is a DevonThink 3 search by I think Charles Ma, and it does a great job. You install and there's different parameters you can pass to it, like DNF, searches your favorites in dev and think or you know dnt is the standard search but it's a um it's an excellent way kind of like the way i use the OmniFocus search um you know if i can search an app from anywhere on my computer just by hitting command space why not be able to do uh, searches inside apps and i have a lot of data in dev and think and i want to drill to a specific location um that's where alfred kind of lends a hand and it saves me the trouble of finding the app, opening the app, and then drilling through that, you know, left menu to find where I wanted to be. Yeah. So, David, do I get to get really nerdy now on on some of these workflows? Yeah. Let's hear one. So we had a great guest on the show a couple of months back, Stephen Millard. um, And he's recently created two amazing workflows. One of them's for Keyboard Maestro and one of them's for Drafts. Okay. So for, for Keyboard Maestro, David, we have a conductor. And for drafts, we have a doctor, Dr. Drafts, and our conductor for Keyboard Maestro. And I'll put links to both of his blog posts about these in the show notes. But basically, it means if I press command space and type doctor, as in DR, and then press space, I get a whole bunch of options. New draft, new draft, and open the new draft instead of leaving it in the background. Append to a draft, prepend to a draft, dictate to a draft, find a draft by content, copy a draft's URL, copy a draft's content, find draft by title, and about what feels like 8 million other options. Um, and and the Keyboard Maestro one is pretty much, or very similar, um, in that it you know offers me all of these choices. Um, and so I can do a very similar thing with this, um, with Conductor. Um, for that, um, I, you start it with KM. Unfortunately, you don't write Conductor, but then I get a list of my Keyboard Maestro macros right there. So I can specify the Automator's episode number. I did that at the beginning of the show, David. Yeah. Um, I, I used KM and then Command 7 because that's my my seventh uh, macro there. And that's it. You know, And I just typed in the episode number and I was done. Yeah, I mean, he. I think he told us he was working on them, but I, it's amazing to me how advanced they are. You know, the drafts one in particular. But um, keyboard uh, launching keyboard maestro scripts uh, from Alfred is really powerful, and there have been workflows in the past, but none of them are as good as his. I mean, this is the one you want. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I created a couple of uh, macros when Drafts for Mac first launched, um, and it was good, um, and things were fine, and, you know, everything was okay, but this is just so much better. So much better. Um, so, you know, that that's what I like. Um, it's, it's incredibly powerful, um, and, and what Steven's managed to do here as well, um, I, I would encourage people, if they're thinking about creating a, a drafts uh, and drafts an Alfred workflow themselves have a quick look at what he's done here go wow amazing and then go have a look at one of the simpler ones to get started like the Devon think search I mean that one's still kind of complicated but send to yoink for example that's a two action workflow it yeah. has your file action which is your trigger and then it's got an apple script yeah. Okay, time zones a little bit more complicated because you've got multiple triggers. But there, there's some great resources um, on on the um, uh, Alfred website, which I've linked to in the show notes for everybody, um, so that you you can see, you know, how to create one. Um, uh, but it is kind of amazing that you know you can do all of this. I have a little one actually here, um, and I'm going to see if I can find the link to this um, because I, I, I've stolen it from somewhere, I can tell. Where if I type to do space and then something, it just adds an OmniFocus task to my inbox. It doesn't pop open uh, OmniFocus or Quick Capture or anything like that. It just checks it in my inbox and I'm done with it. Yeah. Um, things like that make my life much easier. I have, um, I've been playing, there are some people developing around Obsidian workflows for Alfred. Mm-hmm. And the ones that are out there yet, I haven't found what they do are not things I really want. So it's not really out there. But the way I've been automating Obsidian with Alfred is I have a web search. We talked earlier about custom web searches. Well, Obsidian has a URL scheme. So I've got one that it doesn't start with HTTP. It starts with Obsidian colon slash slash, but it does an Obsidian search. Um, mm-hmm. And um, that I find that useful. And I just tie it to the to the letter O, but the, um, but I haven't really got an obsidian workflow when I'm, I hope some mm-hmm. of the nerds out there that are listening that are into obsidian will, will come up with some good ones. I'm not going to make one. I'm not good enough to make one, but the, uh, I do hope that <laughs> that something cool comes out. Uh, another one I have that I would share is one that I customize based on the ones that ship with, um, Alfred. Alfred has like some search, like if you hit the little plus button at the bottom of the workflow screen, there's a bunch of like getting started an example and template scripts you can install that cover a lot of things. Um, And I don't remember where I got this specific one, but it was a folder search, which I thought was a really good idea. But then I, I made versions of it, like search particular groups of folders. Like let's say you've got a folder with all your client files in it. So um, you could have it trigger with CL and just search that folder where the client folders are and just give you folder lists so you can get to folders. I mean, I actually keep a lot of this stuff in Dev and Think, but if you kept it on your um, on your native drive or even on your iCloud drive, this would give you a quick way to get to them. Yeah. Um, I'm actually just looking through here, David, and I've got one that I created myself. Uh, it's called Lullaby. Um, and the idea is it's putting my Mac to sleep. But before it puts my Mac to sleep, it runs an Apple script command. Um, and uh, it says, you know, when when the Alpha script happens, uh, check if iTunes is running. So you can tell how long I've had this because I haven't upgraded it to Apple Music, but it does yeah. fortunately still work. Uh, it, sa- it says if, uh, if the player state is playing, then pause it. So it makes sure to pause music. Uh, it sets the volume with the output muted. Uh, and then it actually uh, turns off amphetamine. That's the application I usually use to keep my Mac awake. 
and then it starts the screensaver, um, and then it closes the script, and then after that, it runs the the the, the system command to sleep. Um, and I I don't quite remember why I'm actually starting the screensaver here. I think for a while I had sleep disabled because I was using this at work. Um, and I didn't want my Mac to be going to sleep every time I walked away, but I did want to lock it. Um, and starting the screensaver, of course, both, you know, hides my desktop so people can snoop around and do stuff. Not that people ever did that at work. It was more at the point of we weren't supposed to just leave things open and, and unlocked. And then, uh, of course, enabled the lock for me after five seconds, um, yeah. which is quite nice because your, your screensaver preferences can lock after a delay. You can do that with Alfred as well, actually. Um, but uh, I, I like the fact that the screensaver was on so people would assume it was already locked and then it would give me a couple of seconds to walk away and uh, voila, then it would actually be locked. And then if I realized as I stood up, oh no, actually, I just quickly need to send hit send on this, then uh, I could do that and I wouldn't have to unlock all the time. There's just so many rows. I mean, there's conversion tools. There's, I mean, there's utilities. I mean, there's so much functionality you can add to your computer all under the command space button. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm, I love Alfred and David, we've not even really got into the weeds of creating workflows and things like that. I mean, we've got a whole bunch of things here in our outline that we've not yet touched and we've been talking for quite a while already. Yeah. Let's take a minute to talk through the settings a little bit that we haven't kind of covered already. Uh, there's a couple things in here I think that would be fun to kind of just cover. Um, the uh, the first is, and we kind of already did cover this, but you if you when you set it up, you want to put um, Spotlight under Option Space and then Alfred under Command Space. And the way to do that is first you move Spotlight. It it gets very confused if you move if you try to move Alfred to the same key as Spotlight. So yeah. first you move Spotlight to Option Command in Spotlight. So you open Spotlight, hit Command Comma in that app, change the uh, the trigger to Option Space, and then that frees up uh, Command Space for Alfred. Um, the um, a couple other things in the general we already talked about. Make sure you set your country. Um, what about appearance? Alfred has a bunch of different themes. Uh, do you have? So a- I mean, I'm using. I think it's Alfred Purple version two uh, by Ian Isted, um, and um, I I don't remember now if this is a default one or if it's one that um, you know you you need to install. But under Alfred's appearance, you can also control a whole bunch of other things as well. So if you if you go into the the appearance one, it's the one that's the the paint roller. Um, then um, so you can have a look through. There's a whole bunch of themes on various websites out there. Um, and Alfred's natively got light themes and dark themes and modern themes with more rounded corners, um, uh, a classic one, which has a kind of dark translucent gray um, chunky border around things, um, a Mac OS one, which is very Big Sur, um, and uh, of course, Mac OS dark. Um, and uh, once you've found your theme, then if you tap on or click on the options, you get some extra things as well. So you can hide the hat on the Alfred window. Um, so so when you press command space, I like looking at the hat. Okay, I like the little bowler hat with the purple band and the and the, the magnifying glass. It's kind of, you know, Sherlock Holmesy. Um, and I, I like the fact that it's Alfred. Um but you, you can hide that if you don't like it, if you want things to be more minimal. Um, you can also hide your result shortcuts. And the result shortcuts means uh, the the command and the number. So if I was talking about that earlier and you're there going, I don't see that, you've probably hidden that with this option. And you can toggle that on and off 
per theme, okay? Um, so make sure that you, you change that. This is also where you hide or unhide the menu bar icon. I believe Alfred's menu bar icon is um, hidden by default. Um, and you, you can always, um, you know, get it back. I, I quite like having it. I've got it hidden in Bartender. Um, but um, it's, you know, it's useful to have. Um, and then under this, I mean, there's a whole bunch of options in here. We could talk about this for hours, David. Um, there's um, a show result subtext. Okay, so the result subtext is, um, so for example, I open Alfred, command space. I type preview uh, to find preview. Okay, by default, if I hit return, I open preview. If I press command, then with the subtext on, it shows me um, that I'm revealing that file in Finder. If I press option, I'm searching for what I've typed in Spotlight. If I press control, I'm searching it with my default fallback. Um, and uh, I think there's, um, I think that that's it um, as far as these actions go. Um, but you can have this, this subtext shown all of the time, only for alternative actions um, and only for your selective results or never. You can also choose what, how many items you want to show. So I'm showing nine items. You might only want to show three or five. Um, I've recently been doing a lot of things with a lot of documents needing like 12 documents at a time. So I, I've got it set to nine just because it makes my life a bit easier. Um, but yeah, um, you can show scroll indicators, automatically highlight the top results. Um, if it focuses as a standard mode or compatibility mode, that's explained right there. You can also choose to move Alfred. So if you always want it to appear over on the left of your screen, you can do that. And then you can just drag it and Alfred will always appear on the left. I personally like it to appear fairly central, uh, a little higher up, which is the, the default location. Um, so, uh, you know, I've dragged that on in this little uh, preview. Um, and you can also specify which screen you want Alfred to display on. So if you've got six screens, okay, this is kind of crazy, but if you had six screens, you can say, hey, can you show Alfred on whichever screen my mouse is on, please? <laughs> or whichever screen is currently active. So if I'm currently using an application on screen three, even if my mouse is on screen six, I want it to open on screen three. Uh, you can do that. Um, and uh, yeah, that's pretty useful if you're working with multiple screens. I recommend that. Um, it, it, the, the active screen option messes with my head a little bit because I don't always remember where it is. Um, but the mouse screen can be quite useful if you're specifically, you know, working over on your second screen for a minute or two. And then, you know, you move your mouse over there and you do Alfred and you don't want to have to move your head backwards all the time to, to your main screen, then that's great. Yeah, I mean, it, the, the crazy thing is that these things are buried in these options. I mean, it's very easy to miss them. I think, uh, like, I, like I, for instance, don't like the bowler hat, you know, so I turn it off. But you've got to, like, go to appearance, and then there's a little options button in the bottom corner. I mean, it's like you, you wouldn't even know it's there. So, so be, uh, you have to spelunk a little bit through these, uh, these options. Um, mm -hmm. But it's totally worth it. Um, Let's talk for a minute about sync, because I think Rose mentioned earlier that um, you can turn sync on and, you know, customizing Alfred, if you get into this, it is something you're going to do. You're going to be fiddling with the options, getting the right themes, getting the right workflows installed. And then if for some reason, you know, your computer falls into a lake and you got to get a new computer, rebuilding all that is going to be a massive pain in the neck. And with uh, Alfred sync, they sync everything. I mean, so... It's a great option, even if you just have one computer. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the way the sync works, under the um, 
uh, I, I want to say it's the advanced option. I was right, David. It's the advanced option. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm winning here today. Um, under the advanced option in alpha preferences, uh, over bottom right-hand side, there is a syncing option. And you can set your preferences folder. Now, theoretically, you can sync using any cloud service you like, but they do recommend Dropbox. I personally have always used Dropbox for this sync. I mean, I have two terabytes of Dropbox space, which I'm not using. Um, so I, I I try and shove as many things in there as possible. Alfred takes up practically no space at all because it's all text preferences. Um, so I've set my preferences folder. And so it's syncing. In my case, it's inside of Dropbox, application syncing, Alfred. I think I created application syncing long ago. Um, for syncing a variety of applications, but that's where it is. And you can also reveal that folder. Um, This is also very useful when you're setting up a new Mac because, you know, I've I've got a shiny purple and one iMac coming, David. It's going to be great for podcasting because it's practically inaudible to the human ear. Uh, Seven decibels, that thing runs out. That's what they say. We'll have to hear about that. Yeah, Daring Fireball's got the scoop there. Um, So I'm I'm looking forward to that. The the Intel uh, Mac Mini can get a little loud sometimes with those fans spinning. Um, so, uh, you know, when I set up Alfred on that machine, which is going to be one of the first apps that I set up, um, then I, I'm just going to be able to pull in those preferences and just go, yoink, thank you very much. I will take everything from Dropbox. And that nice purple theme you have is going to fit right in. Yep, exactly. Um, also in the advanced section, you can set what control return, option return, and command return do. Um, so the options for these are searching with your default web search, uh, searching in the Finder, revealing in Finder, um, actioning your visible results, and showing your results subtext. Um, and this means, um, so say for example, I have um, the the action visible results uh, enabled, and I type I don't know preview, um, and then I and I've set this one to command return. Then it shows me, you know, the various options, um, and, and now it's it's doing some crazy things because I accidentally selected marked instead of preview because marked previews markdown files, which is why it shows up there. Yeah, it, you know, it, there's just so much you can do with Alfred. Um, uh, I was just looking at the themes list a minute ago. Did you ever use um, Quicksilver? Was that before your time? No. Um, so Quicksilver, I think, was going out of favor slash hadn't been updated for a while, just as I was really starting to get nerdier with my Mac. For a yeah. long time, I, I I kept my Mac fairly fairly stock. Um, I had one of those amazing uh, original MacBook Airs with the drop-down door for the ports, David. Oh, I love that thing. Um, and uh, yeah, and so for a while, I, I I was just kind of excited about pages and numbers, to be honest. Is it weird sure. that I was excited by a spreadsheet application? Because numbers is fun. Got to start somewhere. I, I feel like uh, but Quicksilver had this great interface called the Cube, where it would open up. And as you work through the basically the formula of whatever you're doing, it would spin the Cube. I thought that was a great, I, I guess that's really not possible with Alfred. I'm going to write those guys, man. I would love to see them figure out a way to do that. Have you checked on Packle? There might be a Quicksilver theme. Uh, yeah, I'll have to look. I'll have to look. But the, uh, but I'm not even sure, even if they had a Quicksilver look, uh, the cube is a, it's an animation built into, I'm yeah. not sure it would work, but either way, um, it, you know, the, the, I guess the point being that, the reason we gave Alfred a whole show is because it needs a whole show. There's just so much to talk about here. We didn't get into today multiple files, like where you can select yeah. multiple files and act on them. But yeah. I think we're going to save that. I really wanted that. to get to that. 
Well, you want to talk about it for a minute? Let's just take a minute and talk well, about it. Why not? I mean, so one of the things you can do with, with Alfred is you can do file actions, okay? Um, but you don't necessarily just want to action one file. Um, so say, for example, you want to open multiple files. Instead of typing command space, open, searching for your file and pressing return, if you use the open command, by the way, then it's always going to open whatever it is that you've, you've got after that rather than revealing it in Finder or whatever um, your, your default preferences are. Um, but if if you um, use, um, and I'm just going to have to check this now because um, uh, it's the option up arrow. Okay, so you press option up arrow and it starts adding things above um, your your um your your current search okay um and that means that i can search for multiple things now pressing option back arrow uh, sorry option backspace removes all of those so if like me you usually use option backspace to backspace a word um possibly unlearn that exclusively for alfred if you're going to use this feature um uh then uh yeah it will let you uh do this um and and then you can do whatever your file action is and so you can do you know um so I, I I know some people. Uh, I at one point I used to have to print like ten documents a week at work, and I had to print them all at the same time. So I would just find them with Alfred, and I had a special thing, um, an automated workflow, uh, to print things. And so I would just find them all, and then press print, type print, and it would print everything and spit it out on a photocopier and staple it together for me. It was great. Yeah. Um, so it's a great way uh, to move good. things off your desktop. I mean, there's like yeah. a whole lot you can do with that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. So I've actually got a link in the show notes for people if they want to uh, have a look at uh, how they can, you know, get nerdy with files. It is something that I think is perhaps better explained with with screenshots as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, enjoy diving into that, I would say. Yeah. Well, it, there's a lot to it. Uh, let us know in the forums what you're doing with Alfred, what's interesting and fun. Um, uh, this is very much an automation tool, as you've heard us talking about today. I know that without it, I would be a lot slower on my Mac. Yeah, same, same. And it's amazing how many things integrate with Alfred, because essentially it's just searching your entire Mac for everything. It uses Spotlight as the backend. It integrates with 1Password, so you can actually search 1Password for a website and open it and fill it through Alfred, because you've found it with 1Password. And so 1Password then tells your browser to open it and fills it in. Like we we didn't even get to cover that, so uh, yeah, there's plenty that you can uh, get started with. Now, before we finish for today, I want to tell you about another podcast here on the Relay FM network. It's Make Do. If you like this show, then there's a good chance you'll like Make Do. You don't have to monetize your hobbies, but if you do want to, the Make Do podcast is ready to be your personal cheerleader. Host Tiff Arman is a glass artist, painter, and photographer with a not-so-secret past in Broadway costuming. And also hosting is Julia Scott, a journalist, potter, and self-proclaimed textile goblin. I really love both of these hosts. And honestly, whenever I'm listening to the show, it feels like I'm sitting down for a natter with some friends. It's incredibly friendly and definitely cheerleading. Some recent uh, great episodes include The Myth of the Tragic Artist and Don't Tell Me How to Hobby. Or do yourself a favor and just start from the beginning and listen to the whole crafty artistic journey. Listen as you hobby. Go to relay.fm slash make do or search for make do wherever you get your podcasts. If you're looking to find out more about us, then you can find us at relay.fm slash automators or our forums can be found at talk.automators.fm. We'll be back in two weeks.